bars and hoops, Lamont swoops back alley cats, the back door cuts with alley oops, posting up. You on block or mic and both and kick it out to one who likes to shoot. Oh yeah, said we merging them. Got 50 with a surgeon and some dope acts like Snoop Dogg with Magic Irvin's and some more in like Master P and Dr. Irvin playing. Or how about maybe a little Wayne speaking on bird back then? Balls and hoops, y'all. We hitting up all courts. But now with the sports talk, next we talk all sports back to it. Got Jada and Jamal Croft, haters get crossed out, crossed up across all actual facts. Points of view that you never seen from your favorite artists, like talking about Gerald Green or Gerald Wallace. Whoever's on your favorite team, L. I mean, on the verse, it still be great on the name for being H. Drake's opinion on spates, one's a Nazis a Blake. Tip on Horford's fate, the facts we giving them straight. The truth they shitting on tape. Who sports makes for a take? So true, or you can debate on who you really done rate. Come through it, really be great. The true, the fat like a steak. A A M O Prime Eight. Please remember, bars and hoops, the center of the hood. Make it part of your agenda. Yeah, yeah. What up, y'all? Bars and Hoops, episode 8. You know, we got a lot to touch on today, man. You know, especially, you know, the current state of affairs in New York City. You know, you know how sports teams are looking real bad right now, looking real toxic. And, you know, look, you know what, man? Let's just get right into it, man. You know, first and foremost, man, I am a New Yorker. I'm a native New Yorker, diehard New York fan, but in no way, shape, or form am I a biased person when it comes to you know, delivering sports in regards to the teams that I cover and I, and I root for. You know, let me just say that. But, um, you know, it's been really bothering me lately, man. You know, I, I, I must admit, I took a beating last week, man. I took a beating on, on Sunday, you know, rooting for my Giants. You know what I mean? That whole game went south quick. You know what I mean? It all started when, you know, our prized wide receiver... Diva wide receiver basically didn't show up to play, you know what I mean? And, you know, I guess that's this is going to be a learning experience for him because, you know, Odell dropped a lot of passes, man. You know, that game could have been quite different had Odell and other receivers held on to the ball in key situations, namely in the end zone. You know, Odell dropped a touchdown pass for sure. Sterling Shepard also dropped a touchdown pass. You know, some key third down drops. And, you know... Rightfully so, they got to take the blame for it. And, you know, I've been listening to a lot of, um, you know, other sports talk hosts and, you know, they all blame it on the Miami trip. We all know that the Miami trip has nothing to do with it. I think Odell knows that. Everybody knows that. But the fact of the matter is that you should have never went down there in the first place. You know what I mean? You should, If you went down there, you shouldn't have recorded anything. You know what I'm saying? It's just like Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And, you know, quite frankly, that trip should have stayed in Vegas. You know what I mean? But anyway, you know, Odell manned up. You know, he didn't take complete blame for the game, which he shouldn't have. There's a lot of factors that, you know, had the outcome, you know, be what it was. You know, Aaron Rodgers, for one, was a major a, a, a major. Uh, reason why the outcome of the game was what it was I mean like I told everybody before man no matter what you do no matter what type of pressure you put on them you know it's hard to contain that man and you know that Hail Mary pass completely changed the whole complexion of that game and everything just went down south after that that's neither here nor there you know what I mean the Giants got spanked you know what I mean 38 and 13 they got you know they got their asses handed to them and you got to take your hats off to Green Bay 
you know what I mean, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, they can possibly be representatives for the NFC in this year's Super Bowl, you know what I mean? Quite frankly, I, I'm rooting for them, to be quite honest, you know what I mean? They opened a can of whoop-ass on us, and, you know, it is what it is, you know what I mean? Next on the list, <laughs> my New York Knicks. You know, the, the, the Knicks right now are definitely... Uh, the Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey Circus of the NBA, man. It's like, it's never a dull moment with the team. You know what I mean? The whole Derrick Rose situation with him going AWOL. I listen to a lot of people. I listen to their opinions and I listen to him. And what I got from that situation, I'm not being the first one before I say it. I'm not being an apologist. I'm just putting myself in a person's shoes. Don't get me wrong. What he did was, was complete asinine and it was stupid. It was dumb, but then again, in his mind, and his current state of thought, he probably didn't feel like it was anything wrong with it because at that time, he wasn't thinking about basketball or anything else. I'm not going to say he was contemplating retiring, but if you listen to him and you hear that his mind state wasn't right and he just needed to be around family, you can't tell me that, you know, that man is wrong for that because you're not in his shoes. You know, you got to also take into consideration, you know, this is a guy that you know, lives in Chicago, went away to school from Memphis for one year, was then drafted to the NBA by his hometown team, the Chicago Bulls. You know what I mean? All he knows is Chicago. This is new foreign territory for him. Obviously, he didn't move his family out here with him, you know, because why would you when you're not really too sure if you're going to end up staying here in New York City? Would he want to stay here in New York City by the way that things looking the way it looks now? Doesn't look like it. You know what I mean? But you never know. I mean, I do know one thing is that he does want his money. You know, if he doesn't get the money here, he's going to get it somewhere else. But at the end of the day, people can't really knock Derrick Rose for making the decision that he made. Because at the end of the day, yeah, you're a professional. Yeah, you should have lived up to your obligations as a professional sports player. You can't excuse that. But mentally, people don't understand, man, what people go through mentally, man. And mental sickness is, is a serious thing. Now, I'm not saying that he's mentally sick or anything like that. But I know people that have had nervous breakdowns, that have great jobs. And at the end of the day, you know, sometimes life's, life hits you with a right cross. And... It's either you get up from it or you 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 pout about it for a little while. And I think that Derrick Rose went through a little phase of, you know, pouting and, you know, missing home, missing his family, missing his son. You know what I mean? You heard him say he had to talk and be around his mom. You know what I mean? Like you can't you can't judge a person on how they deal with their personal life and how they deal with their family or how close or dear they hold their family to their hearts you know what i mean you can't do that and i'm not going to be one to knock him for that he got fined for it he got fined a games check you know what i mean he came right back and he performed last night which leads me to last night you know it's like like i said before it's like a circus at the garden right now you just can't make this stuff up man the team was up 10 points with a little bit over two minutes to go and they lost the game man that's just New York basketball in a nutshell, man. It's like they find ways to lose. You know what I mean? Carmelo Anthony played a great game yesterday. Derrick Rose came back with a vengeance yesterday. You know, granted, he's not guarding the way he's supposed to guard. And, you know, a lot of the Knicks' problems is definitely on the defensive end. But you can't make this stuff up, man. You know, they came out of a timeout. And I, and 
and I give some of the blame to Jeff Hornacek. You know what I mean? Kristaps Porzingis wasn't playing well last night. He didn't deserve to be on the floor when he was on the floor. You drew up a plate, you got the ball to him, but him, as a professional, he should be able to knock down that shot. Or if not, at least hit the rim, my brother. Like, you know, he, he didn't even hit the rim. It was an air ball turned into a fast break and turned into a miracle fadeaway shot for the Sixers to go ahead and win the game, man. And that's how the story ended last night. And things are getting quite ridiculous here in New York City. Now, as far as solving their problems, to me, honestly, you know, I, I know for a fact, man, that Carmelo Anthony didn't plan on coming here to New York to end up leaving here in New York. I think that his end game was to end his career here in New York City and live New York City life. I think that, you know, a lot of his decision had to do with his family and he's holding true to that because he could have been walked on the Knicks if he wanted to. You know what I mean? Everybody knew that the Knicks weren't as close to an NBA championship as, you know, most fans may think or he may even think. You know what I mean? And I think that he did most of this for his family, namely his son. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure that his son is embedded in the New York City culture. His wife is embedded in the New York City culture, catching a lot of acting gigs. I mean, you can get that in L.A., but it's no place like New York and the opportunities come a dime a dozen when you're a celebrity here in New York. You know, his son plays basketball. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows what team he plays for. If you don't know, I'm not going to put it out there, but it's known for him to be at his son's games. It's known for his family to be at his son's games. It's known for him to watch his son play basketball, watch his son grow up in a city, you know, the way that he didn't get to grow up in the city as a kid growing up. And I, I respect Carmelo for that because at the end of the day, he made this decision for his family and the only way I see him really losing is if he just throws that all out of the window and he's willing to be away from his family for a period of time to chase an NBA championship. I don't really think he's chasing a championship at this point in time in his life. I think that he wanted to do it his way to win a championship. I don't think that he wants to ride and be at the third wheel on a contending team because that's just not his makeup. And if he doesn't, I respect it. You know what I mean? And everybody else has to respect it. You know what I mean? He plays ball his way. It is what it is, man. The way that he played his whole career is what made him to the man that he is today and the star and the icon that he is today in basketball. Has he lost a step? Of course. Nobody beats Father Tom. Father Tom is undefeated. And in this situation, I don't, you know, I don't know which way Melo should go, but I definitely don't think that he's going to end up leaving New York City to please anybody but himself and his family. You know what I mean? As far as Derrick Rose goes, you know, he showed that, you know, he's pretty unstable, you know, and he's not reliable, you know what I mean? And he showed that other two things. He's not really feeling the Knicks organization or he's just really homesick. Now, either way you put it, it's like, my man, you gotta pull your pants up, man, and, and you know, be a man at the end of the day. Or he could be just waiting till get this final contract that he's going to get because this is probably going to be his last big contract and then figure out whether or not he wants to move his family where his last destination is you know what I mean I think that a lot of his problems is the fact that he's away from his hometown that's just like anybody that, that gets homesick it's like you got a problem you know you went through problems for many years you was around your friends and your family you were able to turn to them and you know lean on their shoulder get their advice have them calm you down if you're going through a bad day 
he doesn't have that here. You know what I mean? And I could sympathize and empathize with that. So I'm not going to knock him. As far as the Knicks goes, I don't think the Knicks trust him enough to give him a, a long-term contract worth a lot of money. It's sad because I really was hoping that it would work out here for him. He's playing at a, 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 an elite rate. I mean, he's not what he was, but he's still better than what we've had in quite some time. He's averaging over 17 points a game, about four assists a game. You know, the problem with him has been on the defensive end. You know what I mean? And not getting his teammates involved enough. But that's neither here nor there. It's, I think a lot of it is a, a product of the system that they're trying to run. And which leads me to that. You know, um, the rumors are that they're starting to run a little bit more triangle. You're starting to see more high, you know what I mean, pick and rolls. And, you know what I mean, all of this other stuff that, you know, the team itself, like when you look at them, they don't look like they've completely bought into the system. So that's an indictment on Phil Jackson. That's an indictment on Jeff um, Jeff Hornacek. You know, you guys should be definitely playing to your players' strengths, designing offense that can play to your players' strengths. They shoot way too many jump shots for me. Kristaps Porzingis, he should be averaging double-figured rebounds. He's the tallest person on the floor almost about every night, but he's constantly on the perimeter trying to drive to the, to the basket on point guards, shooting guards. You know what I mean? He's, he's lingering around the three-point area way too much for my taste. And it shows in the Knicks play, man. You know what I mean? Joaquin Noah. You know, he's a shell of himself. You know, it looks like he hurt his shoulder again. And it just looks like he, he, he embraced the culture of the city because he came from the city. And he's just trying to tough through whatever it is that he's going through right now. And, you know, it's just a mess, man. It's a mess in New York. You know what I mean? Both basketball and football. I think that the Giants now, back on the other hand, switching lanes back to the Giants. The Giants have a brighter future, and I like what Jerry Reese came out and said, basically saying that, you know, Eli's on the back nine of his career, meaning that it's time to start looking for a backup. You know, I, I mentioned that to a couple of my buddies, you know, of course you got a couple of the haters, oh, you think you know it all. You th- what are you talking about? He got two rings for the Giants. No, listen, man. It's time to move on from Eli. It's, it's, I'm not saying next year to move on from Eli, but it's start. It's time to start grooming somebody to step in so when that Eli steps down and retires, the Giants won't skip a beat because you have a great wide receiving core right now and you need to put talented uh, passers around those receivers or else, you know, we're going to end up being like the Giants of the uh, early 90s. You know, after the Super Bowl run, you know, everything was downhill. I remember the days of Lawrence Taylor hanging his head on the sidelines, looking crazy. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think that, um, you know, New York, man, New York sports in general has a long way to go. You know what I mean? As far as basketball and football, baseball, the Yankees look like they're basically coming back around. You know, the Mets look like, you know, they have a bright spot. You know, they have a great bullpen. And the Yankees have a few young bats and young stars that's coming up. So as far as baseball and hockey, you know, New York is looking great. You know, it looks like they'll be in great shape. But as far as basketball and football, you know, we got to sound the alarms, man. Like I said, the Knicks, for the most part, are definitely a problem. You know what I mean? They're like one step away from being that unwatchable team of the early 2000s. You know, they're, they're close to being just as bad as the Nets. I don't even mention the Nets because 
I don't even consider the Nets a New York team, to be quite honest. They're still New Jersey in my mind. They'll, you know, they'll never take the spotlight from the Knicks. I think Proko Hoff has put them in a bad position by, um, you know, mortgaging their future to get KG and Paul Pierce, who are no longer really playing in the NBA. And, you know, they really have nothing to show for it. They have no LeBron. They have no KD. They have no Melo. All they have now is Jeremy Lin and Brooke Lopez. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy, though, man. But, you know, back to the Knicks real quick, man. I think that the love affair is just about over with Carmelo Anthony. I think that he's really trying to be a pro about it and still perform because he's getting paid but he does take a few games off and that does irritate the fans you know people aren't stupid you know sometimes we see when players quit and you know new york fans are very knowledgeable about the game man you can't fool the fans man you can fool everybody else and you definitely can't fool your teammates you know what i mean so for mellow man i commend you for coming here but don't give up bro you know what i mean the worst thing you could do is give up and have this city media and the fan base turn on you because things can get ugly very quick and you know you're a man that's in the public a lot your family's in the public a lot and the last thing we want you to do is tarnish your reputation with the fan base my brother i love you you know what i mean i wish nothing but the best for you but at the end of the day man you gotta perform man if you don't want to play here then you need to have that meeting with the gm the president and the owner and really tell them what you really want to do, man. You know, I don't know what the Knicks can get back for Carmelo. You know, he's an aging star. He's, he's, his skills have clearly diminished a bit. You know, he still can score the basketball, but it's not as prolific as it used to be. And the Knicks will be fooling themselves if they think that they're going to get back, you know, high draft picks or quality of play. You're not getting equal value for Carmelo Anthony at this point in time in his career. So it's just like you got to ride it out with him, man. You know what I mean? You got to ride it out with him. If he waves his no trade clause to go to a contender, what are you going to get from a contender? A high pick in the 20s? You know what I mean? 20, like the mid-20 pick? Like, that's not going to change the, the face of this culture. What are you going to get? Uh, uh, a middle-of-the-road star? Like, you're not getting that either. So the Knicks kind of like made their bed with Carmelo when they, when they gave him that no trade clause. They gave him that money. You know, just play everything out, see how it goes. You know what I mean? The season isn't over yet, but, you know, it's looking like, you know, the ship be sinking. <laughs> Moving on to the NFL. Again, the Giants. You know, the Giants are a mess right now. Odell Beckham, man, he didn't show up for that crucial playoff game. JPP's talking about he's not taking a discount to come back, which I don't blame him. Scott blew off after his hand, came back and performed well for the team. You know what I mean? He definitely came back and showed what he's worth. Even if he only has three fingers on one hand, he still showed that he can be a dominant pass rusher and he was a big part of, you know, the Giants defense. I also think that the Giants need to worry about DRC, you know what I mean? When he got hurt that game against the Packers, things changed. You know what I mean? The, the defense definitely, you know, was missing a player that was key to the passing game. And Randall Cobb just opened up and had his best game of the season against the Giants, even after Jordy Nelson exited the game and was hurt. It's the LA Chargers. Yes, 
the LA Chargers. They're no longer the San Diego Chargers. After 56 years of playing in San Diego, the Chargers have finally decided to move back to Los Angeles. You know what I mean? For the first, for the next two years, starting this year, they're gonna be playing in the StubHub Arena. And then after that two years, they're gonna end up sharing the LA Coliseum with the LA Rams, which will be very interesting, man. You know what I mean? Their logo looks pretty cool. It looks like a Dodgers logo with a lightning bolt at the end of it. And that's pretty cool, you know? Who knows what they're going to do to, you know, fill some voids that they may have on offense. Phillip Rivers isn't any younger. He's in the same predicament as Eli Manning. You know, what are the Chargers going to do? You know, um, Antonio Gates isn't getting any younger. I mean, they do have Melvin Gordon, you know, Keenan Allen. You know, the Chargers have a long way to go, too, man. You know, we, we don't know. What's going to happen, but I guess the fan base in L.A. is going to be happy because now they got two football teams back. You know what I mean? I don't know how good they're going to be next year, but I don't think, you know, they're going to be any greater than what they are now. You know, especially playing in the AFC. New England is always going to be there. Denver, for sure, is going to rebound. Kansas City is strong. You know, Pittsburgh is always going to be there. So I don't really know what the Chargers' fate has. But, you know, it's going to be pretty interesting in L.A. sports as far as football is concerned again. You know, let's move on to the divisional playoffs. You know, Saturday's games. The first game is the Seahawks at the Atlanta Falcons. You know, I, I, at first I was kind of, um, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was on the fence with this, but I was, con I was convinced that Seattle will probably wipe the floor with the Falcons. But then I realized, you know what? They're playing on the road, and they're playing in Atlanta. You know what I mean? And Julio Jones is a bad man, man. Julio Jones is a problem, man. And I remember he torched Seattle earlier this season. And I think that the way that Matt Ryan is playing, the way that their running game is, you know, they got a two-headed monster with Freeman. And, um, you know, they definitely and, – and, and Smith, they definitely have – the, what it takes to beat the Seahawks because the Seahawks clearly have to score points if they want to win this game. I don't think they can, they can match the Falcons, you know, point for point if the Falcons start opening up a can of you know what, you know, and you know Russell Wilson, man, on the road, you know, he's a different guy in Seattle, he's all world, but on the road, he's just an average quarterback, man. Maybe Sierra, <laughs> maybe Sierra will help you out, my brother. You're coming to our hometown to play, man. Maybe she'll probably take you to a spot, man. Get you real nice and ready for the game, you know what I mean? But, you know, I don't think so, man. I think that, you know, the Falcons will probably pull it off. And I guess in some people's eyes, upset the Seahawks. But, you know, this will be the Falcons' first playoff win in a long time. You know what I mean? And they deserve it because... You know, they've been playing well. You know, Matt Ryan was definitely an MVP candidate this year. And I think they're going to – I don't think that this going to be even a, a close game. You know what I mean? Seattle, their running game is up and down. I know Rawls has been playing well, but I don't really see them, you know, with their receiving call really putting up much of a fight against the Falcons. It may be a close game in the first half, but I think once, you know, the Falcons get in a rhythm and Julio Jones and that receiving call – gets hot it's over you know what i mean freeman and smith you know on that running game tip man i think that that may be a little bit 
too much for the Seahawks to handle. And again, the Seahawks offense isn't explosive. And, you know, they're going to depend heavily on Russell Wilson to carry them. And I don't think that that's enough to beat an Atlanta Falcon team at home in Atlanta in the dome. The next game on Saturday, the Houston Texans versus the Patriots. I mean, let's be real, man. With or without Gronkowski, this wasn't even going to be a contest. It wasn't even going to be close. You know what I mean? I think that, um, you know, the Patriots are too strong for the Texans. You know, the Texans have a great defense. Don't get me wrong. The defense can keep them in the game, but for only so long. You know what I mean? Clownly has been looking good, even without J.J. Watt. You know, Clownly is looking like the guy that everybody thought he was going to be coming out of South Carolina. You know, um, you know the receiving core, the running game. You know, the Texans have pretty much overachieved, man, with a suspect quarterback. But now it's the real deal, man. You're going to Foxborough. You're going up against Touchdown Tom, Belichick. You know, my thing is Belichick is going to design a defense, man, that, you know, quite frankly, man, you know, Oswala has to figure it out, man. Do I think he's going to figure it out? No, I don't. I predict this game to be a blowout. New England may score somewhere between 30 and 40 points, man. The Texans may be lucky to put up 14 if they do that much. You know what I mean? I don't I don't predict this game to be evenly matched at all. And I think that New England is going to march on and, um, you know, be one step away from the Super Bowl. Let's go to the Sunday's games. First game on the list is the Steelers versus the Chiefs. This is going to be a tough game. This is going to be a tough game, but... The Steelers, man, they got, you know, their, their secondary, their defense isn't that great. But they still have, you know, arguably the best wide receiver in the game. Arguably one of the best running backs in the game, if not the best running back in the game. You know what I mean? They got Big Ben. You know, it's, it's going to be a problem, man. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger, that's a three-headed monster now. The interesting thing is how healthy would Ben Roethlisberger be on Sunday? You know what I mean? Everybody's putting Mike Tomlinson under the heat for keeping Ben in a little bit too long than he should have been in the game on uh, Sunday when they won. You know, he got, it seems like he got hurt. He got his ankle rolled upon and he left the press conference in a walking boot, you know. But everybody knows Ben Roethlisberger, man. He'll shoot some HGH in his face. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, he'll definitely, you know what I mean, take whatever he needs to take to be on the field and perform. You know, when he does get on that field, he does perform. He he definitely has that gene of a winner. And, um, you know, I think that they can hold off a Chiefs team that has played well. The only thing the Chiefs have going for them is that they are at home and Arrowhead Stadium is a very loud stadium. You know what I mean? They, they definitely made up for the loss of um, Jamal Charles, you know, Spencer Ware and the other backfield guys. You know, those guys have stepped in and did what they had to do. You know, Jeremy Macklin and the receiving core, they've been decent. The only, the only knock against this team has always been their quarterback play and Alex Smith. You know what I mean? Alex Smith is definitely, you know, the one question mark that this team has, especially in the playoffs. I mean... He had some minor success in San Francisco, but 
He's not a deep threat guy, and I don't see you beating the Steelers without having a real deep threat. You know what I mean? Those little 10-yard passes, 15-yard passes, not even 15-yard passes. He only passes between 5 to 10 yards a game, man. And it's like, not per game, but on average. You know what I mean? That's that's not going to cut it against a team like the Steelers. And, um, you know, we know that they're all capable of big plays, whether it's through the ground or through the air. If you can't match that intensity from Pittsburgh, you're going to get ran off the field. And I think that that's what's going to happen. I think the Steelers will probably put Kansas City away 24 to 13, you know, to move one step closer to the Super Bowl and face the New England Patriots. You know what I mean? And with that being said, my Super Bowl predictions are, you know, from the NFC, I think that the Green Bay Packers will end up, you know, making it to the Super Bowl. And I definitely think that the Pittsburgh Steelers have enough to go to New England and beat Tom Brady and the Patriots for Ben Roethlisberger to possibly get his third Super Bowl ring. You heard it here first. I think that the Steelers and the Packers will be in the Super Bowl. And I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers will possibly be this year's NFL Super Bowl champions. Yes, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Moving on down the list. We're going to touch on some entertainment. And it's been quite entertaining, man. For those that don't know or those who haven't been following the situations that have been going on as far as with Soldier Boy and Chris Brown. I mean, they're one step closer, man. They're one step closer to actually making this fight happen. My thing is, is you know, it's entertainment now. But if these two really do square off in the ring in Dubai, which they said it's looking like it's going to be in Dubai because talks in Vegas, Floyd's town has fell through. If it happens in Dubai, you know, the thing is that that worries me is like controlling these two guys, like because it's a genuine hate between these guys. Let's not get it twisted. Like there was a lot of things being said, you know, a lot of personal feelings. And once those gloves are on, it's not going to be a boxing match. It's going to be a brawl. It's going to turn quickly from a boxing match into a wrestling match. <laughs> These two, you know what I mean? Looking at Soldier Boy train online and, you know, looking at Chris Brown. I mean, me personally, I think C. Breezy's going to beat the stew out of Soldier Boy. You know what I mean? This guy's like 80 pounds soaking wet. You know what I mean? I don't think his boxing skills are up to par. I don't even think he can you know, know how to fight. No disrespect, but his makeup doesn't look like a fighter. You know what I mean? And... If this is for entertainment purposes, it's going to be very entertaining. Sounds like the undercard is going to be a much more entertaining battle than the actual main event. You know what I mean? And I'm talking about Kenya Martin and and uh, Tim Thomas actually squaring off in the ring. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the sight to see. You know what I mean? That's the one I'm really looking forward to. But, you know, switching gears, but basically staying on the same topic. You know, it's interesting that Floyd Mayweather is um, the one that's training Soldier Boy and Mike Tyson is the one that's training, you know, um, Chris Brown. But it's interesting. Who would you who would you really want to have in your corner as your trainer? Would it rather be would you, would you rather have Floyd Mayweather with a flawless record in boxing or would you be one of the youngest, greatest heavyweight champions in the world to ever do it in Mike Tyson? 
I mean, hey, man, that's a tough one, man. I, You know, I witnessed both of these guys come up in their careers, man. I witnessed Floyd Mayweather at a young age, you know what I mean, on rise on his way to, to the superstar that he is today. His training regimen is crazy, you know what I mean? He had his father in his corner at one point, went back to his uncle, then went back to his father to end his career, and he had a mean regimen with those guys, you know what I mean? But Mike Tyson, man, when he's with Corey Rooney and um, those guys in um, Catskills, New York, man. I mean, you look at a young Tyson working those pads, working those bags, foot movement, head movement, and just his knowledge of the of the sport, man. You know, I would I would have to say, you know, if, if I needed somebody to train me, I would probably want Mike Tyson to train me, man, just because of the custom model knowledge that he got. Like I said, Kevin Rooney, just watching how he used to train his footwork and his speed and how he would put together punches. The only thing that really doomed Tyson was that, you know, whenever he came back to Brooklyn, man, it was on and bopping. You know what I mean? It was discipline with him and he didn't have the right people in his corner, but he's a student of the game. You know, if it comes down to it, like I said, Mike is definitely the guy that I would want in my corner training me. Don't get me wrong. Money May is who he is, man. He's he's immaculate. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure he's going to teach Soldier, Soldier Boy a lot about defense. <laughs> he's going to teach Soldier Boy a lot about defense. Now, Floyd wasn't a runner. I think Soldier Boy is going to be a runner that fight, man. Floyd will definitely stand in front of you. His body and foot movement was immaculate when it came to slipping punches. His technique on defense was impeccable, man. Like, you couldn't really touch that guy. And I think that's what Soldier Boy is going to take from him the most is that defense because his offensive game looks shaky. You'll have to train him for five to ten years just to get him average. You know what I mean? And that's not enough time. I don't know about Chris Brown's hands, but I just think, you know, Chris Brown is a little bit more of a wild boy, loose cannon. He looked like he had a few fights in his career. Granted, you know what I mean, what he did to his old boot. You know what I mean? That's not cool, but I think that he could definitely put the paws on a couple of people, man, that, that try him. You know what I mean? So in this fight, if it does happen, I think that Chris Brown will win. And as far as trainers are concerned, I would definitely roll with Mike Tyson over Floyd Mayweather. You know what I mean? Next on the list, Ice Cube, man. Ice Cube is in the news, man. This is a this is a win for hip hop, man. Ice Cube has basically come up with a three-on-three -three summer league, and the, the, for the retired NBA players and stars called the Big Three. This is very interesting because it's going to happen during the summer summer months when the NBA season is down and. You know what I mean? Football is just getting in the training camp. It's an entertaining thing, and it gives it gives the fans a chance to see their pastime players play again. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's just a gimmick to start out with. You know, you're getting a few NBA legends to get involved, like the big three. You know, the rules for the league is it's a 40-player league. The players will earn up to 52% of the revenue share, you know, which is cool, you know, because obviously the players are going to be the ones that bring the fans out you know it's a four game schedule at the same venue every time there's games you know this the games are there's 30 point halves that's halftime first team to 30 go to halftime there's a seven minute gap for people to rest up uh, for the half and then when you come back the first team to 60 
wins, but the the, the the catch is you have to win by at least four points to be victorious. One other thing that they added that's going to be interesting is a four-point shot. You know what I mean? I think they're giving the NBA some tips to gear up for, for a four-point shot because you got some of these guys in the league now that pull up just a little bit in over half court. You know what I mean? So I think that this is something that the NBA will possibly end up stealing or try to add it to their repertoire to make their game more interesting. But Ice Cube is pioneering a three-on-three league called a Big Three, and it will feature a four-point shot. And it has a lot of notable players that's that that'll make it a lot of uh, that'll make it really interesting when the games actually start. You know, notable participants. You know, and and key players in this league is um. Roger Mason Jr., you know, he's a commissioner and um, he's going to be the president of the league. You know, he was a part of the NBA Players um, Association at one point in time. You know, he definitely helped out with a lot of the contract negotiations that, you know, those players were going through. You know, a lot of confirmed players have already confirmed, even though after they retired, you know, heading list is Kenyon Martin, Chauncey Billups. Steven Jackson, Jermaine O'Neal, Rashad Lewis, Jason Williams, Bonzi Wells, Mike Bibby, and of course, the biggest star of them all, Allen Iverson. That's right, AI, man. He's going to be 42 when the league starts. He doesn't care. He still feels that he has it. I still think that he has it. I know a couple guys in the hood that still got it. They damn near 50, giving these young boys that work. 30, 40 points a game, so I'm pretty sure guys like Allen Iverson are going to have fun with this. I think it's an interesting thing. I think it's great that Ice Cube is even creating this type of lane because what this is ultimately going to do, it's not going to just end with retired NBA players. It's going to be overseas players that get involved. You're going to have a lot of street ball legends that went overseas or feel that they can take some of these NBA players that want to get involved. It's eventually going to come down to the high school level. It's, it's so many endless opportunities. And and with this with this whole league that Ice Cube has created, it's, it's amazing, man. It's, it's a win for hip-hop. It just shows you the power of hip-hop. It's, it's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing for my love of hip-hop. At the end of the day, it's the open doors. You know what I mean? And I think that Ice Cube is doing a great job of pioneering something like this. This is something that... I think that the NBA will try to gobble up once they see it reach the peak that it's going to get to because it's something that's very lucrative and something that can be a jackpot, you know, and a big hit in households all across the United States of America, man. So big ups to Ice Cube, man. Shout out to all of those NBA players that still think that they got game, that's willing to entertain the fans and, you know, making moves, man. That's what it's about, man. 2017 is the year of making moves and doing stuff to and to better your people and your community. Man. So on that note, I'm going to wrap things up. You know, again, still some great bars and hoops. Catch us on SoundCloud. Catch us on Facebook. Catch us on Instagram. Catch us on Twitter and YouTube at BarsAndHoops.com. That's B-A-R-S-A-N-D. H-O-O-P-S And that's at Instagram, SoundCloud Facebook, Twitter And at YouTube And don't forget to check us out at BarsAndHoops.com as well man 
Feel free to share, like our page, subscribe to us. Do whatever you got to do to get us out there, man. Bars and hoops. Again, Stills the Great, signing off.